hear this reading of scripture from Luke 24, verses 13 through 25. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you're exchanging with another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. One of them, named Cleophas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of these things which have happened in these last days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucify him. But we were, we were hoping that it was he was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. And they came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the woman also had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe, and all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning him in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, he acted as though he was going farther, but they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went to stay with them. When he reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning with us while he was speaking to us on the road? while he was explaining the scriptures to us. And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has approached to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Some of you have heard this story about to share. It's a story I have shared before in the past. But it's a story that's very pertinent to our scripture for today. It's one that happened in my life when I was blind, but then I saw. Here's how the story goes. I was at K-Spring Junior High School in the school BAM. This is in Roanoke, Virginia. And sometimes we would have practice after school hours. This evening, when I had the practice, and waiting for my dad, it was kind of dark. I could, I could see somewhat, but not 100% well. It was dusk. And as I waited for my dad, I saw car after car. It wasn't my dad. It wasn't my dad. I really wanted him to show up, but he wasn't there. So how much longer? I got impatient. So finally I saw a car that looked like our car. I think it was our car. So I got my belongings. I quickly... I run to the car, I open up the door, I get in, and as I look around, I see the interior of the car, and it's like, wait a minute here. <laughs> this doesn't look like our car. 
And then I looked to the driver, and I'm like, you're not my dad. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. I could have crawled underneath the seat, and uh, I just wanted to be out of it as, as quick as I could, which I did. I left in much shame and humiliation. I was blinded, but then immediately my eyes were open, and thankfully that too passed. I share this story with you for the sake of saying that in our scripture for, for today, we're going to see how two disciples, followers of Jesus, saw him after they were blinded from seeing the resurrected Jesus. I want to share with you this account. There were two followers, and they were leaving Jerusalem, walking on the road called Emmaus. And as they were there, they were talking about recent past happenings, about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Imagine how they felt. They were sad and had deep grief because this Jesus they loved was, was no longer with them. He had died, and they had hoped that his resurrection was for real, but they didn't know. They hadn't seen him. They were disillusioned, maybe uncertain, confused. But I wonder, I just wonder, maybe these two followers were leaving Jerusalem to go to Emmaus for a reason, to escape the reality of how they were feeling. But Jesus meets these two believers, but they didn't recognize him when he meets them. And as he meets them, he begins having a conversation with them. And I wonder why they didn't see this Jesus as he is. The reason why I believe is because their vision was clouded, clouded by spiritual blindness. They had a loss of hope, a loss of hope, because they thought this Jesus was going to come through for them, that he was going to be some sort of messianic king who would come forth and free them from Roman oppression. And as this resurrected Jesus do some mighty things that they would love to see him to do other than that. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in the challenges of life. We long for things to happen the way that we want them to happen, but they don't. Our hopes and dreams are dashed. Our happy ending doesn't happen. We become very frustrated. We struggle, we wrestle. It's a difficult time seeing the resurrected Jesus in our lives. We're hanging on by a thread. We're seeking to escape our pain. We're leaving Jerusalem to go to Emmaus. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you will be there in the future. So what are your disappointments? Now, during the pandemic, we've had many disappointments. Disappointments for all ages. Think about high school seniors, how they weren't able to go to their prom or even graduate in person. Or maybe you as an adult, you lost your job, a job that you thought you were going to have for some time. There's families who have had a difficult time because they missed milestone celebrations, celebrations that were going to be so dear, no longer available. Time has passed. And then there's the regular disappointments in life that we sometimes experience. You're single. You thought you'd be married by now, but you're not. You're wondering where that person is. You always planned to be together with another person for the rest of your life. Or maybe you are married and you thought you'd have a fairy tale marriage, but as it turns out, you have a prince or prince charming that has warts, the frog, not exactly the person that you thought you'd have when you said, I do. And then there's a couple who are struggling to conceive. You want to be able to have a child, but you can't have a child. And that's frustrating. You, you want that, that baby that you long for. And then there's a parent 
the parent of a teenager or maybe a young adult or older, and your child, you want the child to, to succeed and be the best that he or she can be, but as it turns out, your child develops an addiction to alcohol or drugs, and it's tearing your heart out. So painful. Or maybe you didn't get that job that you thought you'd get. <laughs> That's frustrating too. And then finally, as you get on in, in, older in life, your health begins to decline. Maybe you're, you're middle-aged and you just have a diagnosis of a cancer and you thought you'd be healthy into later years. Or as you're older, the golden years are no longer golden. You wanted to be able to travel and have the time in your life, but your health is such where you can't. So disappointing. You know, I'm here to tell you that there is sometimes the death of a dream. What I'm going to share with you a story in my life pales in comparison to some of what I just shared here. This, in my time of life, was traumatic and difficult. But as I look back, it really wasn't. But I want you to, to hear this from my heart because it was a time that was disappointing. I was a senior at Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia, United Methodist College. And I applied for the position of youth minister at Emory United Methodist Church. I was so excited, I thought I was a shoe-in. My competitor, Steve Rose, a friend of mine, he was the only person in running for the job. So he was interviewed first, and then it was me. And then a short time afterwards, I received word that Steve had gotten the job. Oh, I was so upset. I cried. I really wanted that job. I wanted to be able to make a difference in the lives of those youth. I thought it was God's plan. I just didn't understand why I was not given that position. I should have been a shoe-in, but I wasn't. I'm here to tell you that in times like these, our hope is in the resurrected Jesus, who seeks for us to see him and know him more fully. His grace from the cross pursues his followers who are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, but he also pursues us that we might be able to see this resurrected Jesus. Jesus prepares these followers and us to experience his grace and see him more clearly. Let's look at how Jesus worked his grace in the lives of these two followers as they eventually opened their eyes and saw the risen Lord. Jesus meets them on the road. He said, what are you talking about? And Cleophas says, do you not know what happened in Jerusalem? And basically saying to Jesus, have you been living under a rock? Really, man? Come on. Something terrible to happen. And so as they begin discussing, that's when Cleophas shares what went on. And then as he shares it, the grace of Jesus begins to, to wooing their hearts. And it's awesome because I love this because Jesus could have very easily said, hey guys, it's me. Jesus, here I am, the risen Lord, accept me. But he chose differently. He chose to allow them to come to that conclusion on their own, for them to have that free will. And here's what Jesus did. I love how he did this. He explains the suffering of the Messiah, going back from the time of Moses all the way up to the Old Testament prophets. So why was Jesus trying to help them to see about the suffering of the Messiah? He wanted to remind them of God's plan, that God's plan was such that it was going to work in their lives for them to see more so of how in their suffering that there would be the grace of Jesus, to see them through, to give them what they needed, and from that, they'd be free from the power of sin as well as from death. The death would have no more sting. How exciting for them to be able to know that and claim it. But Jesus seeks to get them to see this plan. 
His grace is wooing in them to open their eyes to who he is. The same grace is wooing us, you and me, in the midst of our disappointments, to be able to see who this Jesus is, to open up about our grief, to say, I'm sad, I'm hurting, I'm, I'm challenged. And then Jesus, he meets us, and in that grace, he points us to his suffering. A suffering that we don't understand, but one that Jesus did so. And from the understanding, the resurrected Jesus continues to work in our lives. But you know, it's, it's a, really a matter of us being open. Open to who this Jesus is, as the disciples began to be more so with Jesus. It's getting dark, and Jesus begins to, to leave. And the, these disciples, they don't want Jesus to go. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Come, come be with us. They, they sensed something special about Jesus. They wanted to have him to be with them for dinner. So Jesus, he went to their house, and he breaks the bread. And as he breaks the bread, these disciples, they had to have been reminded of what had happened. Uh, the breaking of the bread, the feeding the 5,000, or stories they'd heard about the breaking of the bread, the Last Supper. But somehow, someway, that experience opened their eyes to the risen Lord. They now could see that Jesus is alive. The truth of John eleven twenty five 25 became real for them. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Finally, they, in and through his grace, they see the resurrected Jesus. His presence encourages and lifts them up. Then Jesus, he vanishes. And I love this part of the story. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures? It's just a wonder of example how Jesus was working and in that they felt his presence. And then eventually they saw, wow, this Jesus was working then and is now because we see him alive. His grace is in us. His grace is all around us. And let me tell you this, his grace clears our blindness due to our pain of disappointment. And in that, there's a process of struggling with that grace and just wondering where Jesus is and how Jesus is working. But our hearts and mind, as we open them up to this grace, something beautiful happens. And that beautiful is the transformation of grace that helps us to see this risen Jesus. This risen Jesus, he gives us a glimpse of his presence. Don't you love it? He gives us a glimpse of his presence. Our hearts will be stirred just like his followers. We will recognize him. We will recognize him and be changed by the encounter. The resurrected Jesus meets us. Why does he meet us? Because he wants to encourage us with where we are. He wants us to lift us up to remember that he is truly at work. And we can see him more clearly. He loves us so much. We are to trust in his grace. His grace that is moving us to encounter his resurrected presence. It's not easy. It's a struggle that we have at times because we're blinded by the grief of dis disappointment. He is working in our lives, working to reveal himself to us by his grace. Our eyes will be open and then we'll clearly say Jesus is alive. And sometimes he surprises us when his alive presence is experienced. And sometimes it's when we're struggling, struggling the most, the grace is working, and then Jesus in some way in our heart says, I'm here. The burning happens, and we see this alive Jesus. I want to tell you that uh, my eyes were truly opened as I saw the resurrected Lord and my disappointment when I didn't get that job 
at Emory Henry College. God's grace led me to trust him. And it was in that trust, God said, I got this, Ed. I got this. And then, interesting enough, I applied for a position at a local hospital in Marion, Virginia, to work as a chaplain intern. I got that position, loved what I did, pastoral care, wow. See how God works. The resurrected Jesus was so real in that moment when I realized what, what Jesus had done, how he worked in my life. And the resurrected Jesus works in your life as well. For you to, to see who he is and how much he's going to continue to see, for you to see more of him. It is indeed a blessing. Praise be to God for this resurrected Jesus who desires for us to know that he's walking alongside us. He's offering his grace. May our eyes be open to who he is. And as we do so, wow, we have a greater understanding of who this Jesus is and how much he does care. How much alive he's in us. He is alive. It's exciting. I can't wait for further encounters with Jesus as we are with where we are in life. May you, may me, be encouraged by this good news of Jesus, that Jesus is the one who is working in our lives today, tomorrow, the next day, that we might see him as this alive Jesus. Praise be to God for the life of Jesus. He is alive. Amen.